it's been a long time and I shouldn't have left you IG live. I know I don't do the dailies, but now I got a good one for you. This is my old friend, awesome guy, Derek Bell is going to be coming at us live today. Uh, we're going to be speaking on some things. We actually went to the same college together, uh, spent some good times in the computer information systems department of Florida and university. His name is Derek Bell, a uh, Navy veteran, software analyst, um, helped get me through school and really, really made a lot of, um, gave me a lot of insights on the way things should be. In a lot of ways, he was my big brother in school. We're going to get him on here and start talking about life and what's going on with creativity and moving forward in 2021 and beyond. Oh, what's up, Derek? Hey, what's up, Ben? Nothing much, man. Uh, I was just about to give you a rundown. Most people don't jump on right away, and uh, you're actually on your game. I love it. <laughs> Thanks for the invite, man. You know, don't get invited to um, Mr. Ben's podcast every day, so, I, you know, I appreciate it. Awesome, awesome. So, so it's right. I I am honored. You know, I don't know if you knew, but when I when I went to Florida A&M University, showed up at CIS, I was like, I'm lost here. Who is a stable individual that I can look up to and kind of start learning from and not get effed up in in all the ways of uh, Florida A&M nonsense? And you know, what I said Derek Bell. That's a strong, upstanding guy. I like him. I'll listen to him. He's Appreciate that, appreciate it. So right now I've got a, you're a Navy veteran, a software analyst, recently worked for um, Florida Memorial Hospital. Uh, you went through the Florida A&M University Computer Information Systems Program. You're an inspirational guy in general and actually got nominated for an inspiration award. Uh, I'll call you a wellness advocate. You're working with Toastmasters for a while. You're, you're a Florida man, but you've never done anything uh, really extremely weird. But I'm I'm from Florida, too, so I know what's up. Um, I've caught you on uh, Instagram uh, playing golf at the gun range, at the gym, in the restaurants, cooking up some good meals and being the general all-around positive guy. My man, Derek Bell, thank you so much for being on. Appreciate the greeting. Thank you for that. I mean, I receive, I receive all of that. Appreciate it. Definitely. Stepping out. You know, it's good to, it's good to get caught up with old friends, you know? I think so too, man. I think so too. Uh, there's a few people that I haven't talked to in a while, but I talked to them like recently and, right. you know, like, uh, Natalie Freeman, Theo Harvey, some people you may right. know from CIS and around. And it's kind of amazing how you can just, pick up not where you left off but you're like you know what they were good people and we can continue how that same version well totally totally so really quickly give us um a, a, the short Derek bell bio like where you came from what you did and where you are right now okay well the short bio let me see how short that can be from south florida you know boy raised in south florida um, my parents, my dad died when I was seven, so my mom raised me. I joined the military after not getting that um, scholarship and making it to the NFL after breaking my leg my school in high school. I joined the Navy, you know, and I sought to, you know, build a career in IT. So after the military, of course, I got the GI Bill, K FLMU, got in CIS, started growing my, you know, growing my skill set. Couple of internships, you know, I decided to, um, after I held relationship, didn't work out. I decided to spend time I seen take care of my children. So I just began to be a, a father, a single father, you know, going through the motions of being a single father, you know, like investing time, investing resources, you know, spending time, you know, giving my children, you know, things I live to have. Um, and eventually, you know, kids start to get older and, you know, the things I put on the back burner of my, you know, my career, whether it be, you know, socially, et cetera, family, they started to come to fruition. So the last four or five years, I've been just pretty much repositioning myself to, you know, attack my goals, whether it be, like you stated earlier, whether it be health, career, 
socially, community, you know, everything under the sun. I feel like, you know, God doesn't limit us, so I learn myself. So here I am, 2021, you know, still growing, still excited every day, still, you know, grateful, having much gratitude and looking forward to being a positive example, positive role model and somebody who, you know, is, is definitely making a difference. Definitely, man. Um, then and you are, you are that, uh, that guy, as I said, I wasn't being facetious when I said you were kind of a big brother figure, but, Great, but when I got into CIS, as you know, there's all kinds of nonsense you can get into in college. And I was trying to be on the street, um, get my degree and do my thing. So one thing that's, I, I, I never really asked you this, but have you always had this, um, have you always been the positive guy that you are? Well, I can, I can tell you as much, you know, my high school, Dillon High School in South Florida, you know, it's like um, one of those schools where you either had to be tough or, you know, get tough. So there wasn't much, I wasn't really animated. So I always kept a, a cool demeanor. You know, I played sports, but I kept a cool demeanor to kind of make my way through. So when I joined the military, it just sort of, it just sort of solidified, you know, my, 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 my fortitude, mm-hmm. you know, so I've always been kind of like a laid back person. I might not have a lot going on, but I try to stay calm and stay cool. Uh, it, it benefited me, you know, going through certain tragedies and certain battles in life, you know, cause I was always able to kind of like maintain that. I feel like once you, you know, once you've been through enough tribulations in life that you kind of like get through them, you have to, you know, pay homage to your attitude getting through, like, you know, spiritually, you know, of course, you know, I can't, you know, I'd be remiss without giving God the credit, but he always gave me an attitude to where, like, no matter how low you're going to go, you can always get up and, and, and move forward. And that's kind of how I've always been. So, you know, I, I don't get too high, you know, for the highs, and I don't get too low for the lows. Right. So I've had a few military people on here as well. Was that something that was always on your mind or did it come up as, well, hey, the sports thing isn't going to work out. Let me do that. Um, let me know. I was, one, I was one of those guys who, I was not ROTC. I hated military movies. I mean, <laughs> oh, man. I mean, but you know, I was like, I wasn't going to play by you know, and I'm like, yeah, I broke my leg. I broke my leg my senior year. You know, like I had not figured out playing B. It was like, I ended up um, giving a guy a ride to take the military test. Uh-huh. I gave him a right take the test, and I actually went in before he did. You know, so when I thought about the GI Bill, I'm like, okay, boom, that's it. So I went in strictly for the money. Now, I didn't need the, you know, the, the demeanor was always there. I've always been kind of like, I didn't like trouble growing up. I never ran into trouble. I always kind of stayed with trouble. I was a, my mom, I was a knowledge boy, so I kind of like wanted to please my mom. So I never ran into trouble. So I was always kind of like stayed back from things that happened that weren't positive. So the military just gave me the, the finances and the direction. You know, it gave me the finances, gave me the direction. So when I got, you know, in the military, started plotting my 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 career. With well, then they're like, okay, well, I didn't go to college, but I can still go to college this way. You know, and I can still learn the skill set. I can get more learning in college. You know, so the military kind of it kind of got me on the right path. You know, after I realized, you know, my left leg was done. But uh, you know, it's it's always been, you know, I mean. Of course not. I'm, like, I'm a, you know, advocate for the military because looking back on the experiences I had in the military, I mean, I traveled around the world, all these different countries. Yeah, you know, so people, I have so many friends now from the military. I mean, just the maturity it gave me, you know, I came back to South Florida, you know, a man, you know, like I didn't need anybody. I mean, I, I didn't need anyone to take care of me, put it like that. Yeah. You know? um, so I, it, it made me mature, you know, as far as like when I got to school, you know, I was always in the pillow, always, you know, self-sufficient and working, to, you know. So it just, it kind of, it kind of like, it made me, uh, when they say it makes you or breaks you, I think it did make me, you know, the man I am. So when I was younger, I just had, I had the tools already from the military. I just had to go ahead and put them in play. All right. So was, no, you said uh, you were thinking about career and, you know, navigating your way through the rest of your, your plan once you were in the military. Now, where did, where did the IT CIS come in at? Well, you know, I was one of those kids, you know, like, 
I love video games, you know, and I was going to be a video game programmer, you know, like, mm-hmm. my mother always told, I had the latest games, the latest system, like, we'd have the first Atari in the me the first cartridge, you know, so I was always in the video games. I just didn't know what I could do with it. So when I got in the military, you know, I was the only IT field that had back then was data process. Yeah, yeah. But I got, got something, I had high test school, I got in that field. I got sent to the Navy Yard, Pentagon, so I began to see how mainframes work, and I saw the first PCs, you know, and I, I did the first lander aircraft carrier, so I mean, the military exposed me to all these technologies, you know, to where when I got to school, I had already been exposed to, like, most of the hardware and software that we were using. I just hadn't been in this, like, coding, per se. Okay. I never knew this. How, how, did, I, how did I not know that you were in the into video games because you know that's what I'm doing so or did well the, the funny thing is that you know I used to love video games you know when I once I had those kids you know it was like I'd go to work <laughs> I could probably my skill set you know so yeah, yeah. like I love to play video games and I get they wouldn't let me get on so I, mean, I never really you know like once I got to a certain level of like you know parenthood like video games are a palace you know I get it I get it but, I mean I would spend hours hours days on the console. I mean, my buddies and I, my cousins and I, my sister and I. Yeah. I mean, I, I was good too. Like, Hulk Moore, Paterna, Taylor Game Over, you know, Gallagher, you know. Yeah. I was pretty good. So, you know, I, um, that, that's, that's so funny. I think maybe that's why we connected the way we did because, uh, I don't know if you remember, um, I used to go in, it was, uh, me, Greg, Doug Davis, a couple others. Um, Brian may have shown up a few times, but we would actually, show up at the off hours like Saturday mornings and we would play video games and they didn't know what we were doing in there and we had basically I don't want to say hacked the system but we had found a way around their little protocols to stop people from playing games right you know so (laughs) yeah there was this one little script that was like if if quake.exe is running kill it and it was like quake.exe is right okay we can we can change the name to be something else. And then, oh. you know, so we just kept trying different ways. And yeah, we found a way to play games in the computer lab and we got in trouble for that. So we called it a network. We called it a networking experiment, but right. And that's what saved us. You guys are pretty, you guys are pretty charming, man. So that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, man. It's just that we have that drive for something, right? Yeah. So, um, Grew up in Florida, uh, grew up, raised in Florida, graduated, went to Tallahassee. Um, yeah, it was funny. I'm out here in California and whenever I start doing something weird, I always, I always kind of say, well, you know, that's how we do it in Florida. And so now people don't like bat an eye at anything I do that's weird. I don't know if anybody, well, hey, go ahead. That's funny because, you know, I spent a couple of years or 10 years ago, you know, so, uh-huh. That was my old stopping ground. So, you know, definitely different from the West East Coast. Yeah. You know, the West Coast is definitely different from the East Coast. So, I mean, it's kind of like one of those things where you can do what you like and it's, it's okay. You know, like, there's no, you don't get that East Coast judgment, you know? Yeah, yeah. Did you, um, now with software, being a software analyst, what, what does that, what does that actually mean? Well, I'm, you know, I'm in healthcare right now, so, you know, basically there's hospital software, you know, that runs all of the operations, you know, from the ER to other different departments. Everything is computerized, and, you know, I, I'm a system administrator pretty much, so I maintain the AV software, the LMD software, different, you know, departments I'm over, I'll just maintain the software. You know, just basically you do things for like from, from troubleshooting the scripts to, you know, the Low-level coding, you know, pretty much anything to get the software running for doctors and nurses. All right. So now what kind of protocols do you guys have in terms of seriousness? Because usually when I have people on the podcast, they're coming from, they're, they're developers, but they're developing something that's not that serious. They're painters or artists or uh, video game programmers. This is something a little more serious. So... Well, healthcare is, is basically the, the seriousness is pretty much you know like with everything with health, you know. So, 
it's all a lot beta with healthcare. So that's the that's the only precaution is beta. You know, as far as all, you know, you go to school, you learn, you know, the application, you know, you're the front end, you're yeah, back end tools, you know. So you pretty much, you know, can maintain any system that you're trained for. The issue is is data, HIPAA. That's where that's where the you know security comes in. So with so much pirating, so much, you know, we can talk about viruses, you know, so much I'm um, hacking. That's like the number one thing in healthcare these days is, is, is um, data. So it's cured. Is a lot of is a is a lot of healthcare data getting targeted? Of course, of course. I mean, you know, I guess it's been all kind of stuff. You know, like I've seen because uh, you know everything has patients' information on it. You know, so like I've seen people get fed time for you know taking off somebody's information off of their menu. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, it's it's serious. You like. We, I know once we had a physician who lost a laptop and it was like a million dollar, um, you know, like a possible million dollar fine per piece of data, you know, so it's, it's serious, you know. Wait, per piece of data? It was like, it was serious. So yeah, that's when the, those are, those are career changing accidents. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Um, like the, the HIPAA laws are in place for a reason because, you know, you can ruin somebody and you can also take advantage of somebody really, you know, you can ruin somebody's finances and take advantage of a lot of wrong, you know, access. So is that something you, do you want to, do, you're moving on to uh, another location in Florida, Clearwater. So you're leaving your past job. Are you still staying in, in uh, software administration? Oh yeah, I'm still, yeah, I'm still, uh, well, you know, my, my current job is, it's multiple facilities. My last job was one facility, you know, okay. so. It's just, I'm in a, I was, I felt like I was, you know, a big fish in a little fishbowl, you know? So mm, yeah, I just, I just needed to grow. I wanted more. I wanted, I just wanted more, you know? And so my new job was, you know, it's about 15 hospitals, seven urgent cares, a lot more opportunity, a lot more, you know, of course responsibility as well. But for some, I would just, you know, I want to keep growing. I don't want to be stagnant in my career. I don't want to, you know, I want to, I don't want to have a ceiling on myself either. So. I just, you know, got an opportunity. I couldn't really pass it up, and I took the charge, you know? No, that's uh, great to hear. And, you know, we're in a pandemic time right now, and, you know, a lot of people seem, I don't want to say, I don't want to say scared, but they're really apprehensive about trying a new opportunity. And I was talking to someone, and my thought process was, this is the time to take the new opportunity. This is the time to take that chance. Definitely. So, I mean, what, go ahead. You know, I'll, you know, you know, we from social media, you know, I try to always, I told myself, you know, you know, the times we in so galvanizing, I wanted to make sure that I was being a light, you know, not darkness, you know, so I'm always trying to be positive, you know, and motivational, if not for anybody else, for myself. So all the things you say and you hear about, you're like, take a change, you know, like jump out on things, you know, like, I said, you know what? You can't be hypocritical. You know, you 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 you're promoting these values. You have to live by them yourself. You know, so it's like everything is a chance, and nobody, you know, the people we talk about, you know, they took risks. Like nobody we talk about or we reveal, you know, over time or small figures. They didn't. They, they took risks. They took challenges. Of course, they took calculated risks. But about lines that, you know, nobody we nobody the places say we talk about. You know, and I was like, you know what? If not now, wait. It was, you know, of course I had to get over the connection because, you know, when you have a, when you've been somewhere as long as I know, we have a connection with people and, you know, my team. I, I love my old job. It wasn't, I love my old job, but, you know, I'm more committed to growing. You know, like, right. I don't want to be, you know, one day looking back and saying I should have tried something else. I should have just took a shot somewhere else. I mean, you know, you can always, you know, go back and do what you've done. But, you know, there's just a hunger in me. I want to try something, you know, I want to try something a little bigger, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of like how I try to, you know, wake up every day. Like, at a certain point, you just stop really caring about what people think and yeah. being jerk. But you know what? This is my ride. <laughs> you know, I only got so many days left to ride. I'm going to yeah. ride it on my terms, you know? Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, it's important what you said there. Realizing that you can take that chance. You can go back and to not worry about what people think about you. I know it's cliche, 
to not worry about what people think that everybody says that. But then a lot of times we will make little decisions and we find ourselves catering to what other people really do think. And I know that we've had a, a unique, we come from a unique spot in terms of where we exist in the you know, universal timeline, because we were there before internet. We saw it getting built up. Like, I, like we were saying, we used to talk about uh, Novell networks and putting together, but, you know, uh, a networking scene, a land. No. Yeah, we were doing that in school. So we were in this weird position where we actually were seeing how the internet was built up. We were the people who were putting all the first runs of data onto the internet just because we were there. And now we're seeing people growing up, um, you know, digital natives as they you know, as a lot of people call them. And I, I think what I was hearing from you is that, you know, there's something to be learned definitely from being able to say what you want or finding a place where you can communicate that doesn't just get people all up in their, their, their feelings or ostracizing themselves, each other. Um, what, what is your take on that right now in society? Well, I speak for myself. Honestly, I would say the last like four to five years, like once my oldest three children became adults, like it just took a lot of pressure off me, you know, to, to be super dumb, you know? So yeah. I started focusing on my purpose, like on what I really wanted out of life, not just work, but like, you know, career, family, health, everything. So once I started like finding my purpose, it kind of like shifted my mind from, you know, things I haven't done to things I want to do. You know, it's almost like it's a mind shift. So I saw everything as an opportunity instead of, you know, a, a, a problem, you know? So once I started trying to find my purpose, it kind of, I mean, it might sound cliche, but it kind of just like redirected me to what was best for me, you know? And so my decisions now, you know, they're pretty much, you know, I try to keep them organic and not about like the money or about whatever, you know, notoriety, about what makes me feel good to do, you know, and what is best for me. So. I think that, um, you know, once you pretty much figure out, you know, your direction, it just fixes everything else, you know? Because, I mean, when you're passionate about something, it kind of consumes you in other areas as well, you know? Yeah, I definitely do know. Um, I, I took a moment to stop the pause on that, you know, uh, finding opportunities organically. Uh, so does does forcing, just trying to force an opportunity, does trying to push your way through something or just keep me at that grind. Where might that not work if you're trying to find those things organically? Well, I want to speak for me. You know, I told my, I mean, I, this, I read a book, 2012, you know, Think Like Success by Steve Harvey. Okay. In the book about, you know, like using things that you can, using your life experiences for, to provide value. And I mean, I'm a giver, so... I consider myself a public servant. So I said, you know what? What do you like doing? So I started like reaching, I started reaching for things I like doing to give value, you know, to provide value. Mm -hmm. Once I started doing that, you know, it's like my existence became so pretty much, it became pretty much what can I do for other people? Right. You know? And then it's almost like you start putting this energy into the universe, it just comes back to you. I mean, so... I've gotten more opportunities without giving more. Like, it's like the more I give and the more I do, the more opportunities I give. So, I mean, and I, and I can, I'm just being straight up. You know, I, I, don't, I don't try to be, you know, not know it all, but the more I do, like to help other people or, to, to, or to just to be a positive life, the more opportunities I get. And it's, that's been the quickest way I can say it. I mean, it's almost like, you know, like you have, like, you know, what you put out in the universe is coming back to you. I mean, for those who are, who are not spiritual, I mean, of course, you know, I try to be, I try to give, I try to give with the same energy I get. Some people, they love to get, they hate to give, you know what I mean? So I try to give with the same energy that I get. And so you just paying things forward, they just come back to you. Yeah, that's uh, powerful stuff, man. And I, I totally agree. And I think sometime in the, you know, like when I was, in, when you saw me in college, I was thinking that I knew everything, right? Uh, I was totally that guy. So I apologize if I was ever a jerk or an asshole then, but. You're pretty smart, though, man. You're a very good guy. 
Yeah, man. I was on the Barnes and Noble discount program. So I was getting all the computer books. Couldn't tell me nothing. Um, but to your point, I have come to realize recently that just continuing to build and putting out that good energy, I used to think it would go away. I used to think that you would run out of it or that I've given this person good energy. Um, you know, I'm, I'm spent. My good energy is gone. And it's letting go for me, letting go of that idea that like, no, if you just keep doing your thing, keep doing good, it builds on top of itself and more good energy comes back to you. So you can continue to use it in a cycle. So in fact, I think that's the reason why this podcast has worked, you know, just talking to people positively online not worrying about how many likes I get, just trying to put out good information. It's, it's continued to work. So right. that's been a recent revelation for me. Well, it's like, it's like, there's so many, I mean, it's like, once you get connected, you know, it's like, it's all about getting connected. I mean, I, I do like mentoring and stuff now. Like I wish I would, you know, I just didn't have a lot of time when my kids were younger, but now my kids are old, I got so much more time. So once you get connected, I mean, people need mentoring, people need, I mean, it's so much you can do to help and to make things better. It's no way you can run out of time opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what, do you, what do you mean connected? Right. Get connected in the service in the serving others. You know what I mean? Whether it's organizational, you know, church, you know, your, your, your buddies, whatever. But once you get connected and start serving people and doing with other people, you just, God just sends you more people who need what you have. I mean, everybody has something special in them to provide, to, you know, to make things better. So, once you get connected, you'll be surprised. People will just, opportunity to help people will just light up. Yeah. Now, light up. to uh, an untrained ear, that sounds like being a sucker. Does that make sense? Well, I mean, I, I hear you, but it's like, first is, right? You know, we complain about the state of the world, the state of our youth. I mean, if you're not going to, I mean, those kids need somebody to talk to them. They need mentory. They need guidance. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you care, if you if you have enough to care about and speak on it, then you have enough to do something about it, not, you know, judge somebody who else who is. So my point is that if you care enough to be in a conversation, then I think you should do something about it. When did you start? So when did you start dealing with uh, or connecting with uh, kids? Um, were you doing that in college? And I didn't know about it. I mean, you know, you know we do it. Mentoring all in CLS. Remember we used to have a mentoring program? So we've always done those things, but you know, life happens and then career, family, you know, so life happens. But you know, when we have our children, I was always able to kind of stay connected. You know, like like toddlers in it, but I was always in the stuff. I was on the soccer committee, I was PT chairman, I was always doing something where I was co- connected, you know, to some degree to still kind of make a difference and show my children, you gotta be involved. You can't just go to work, go home, you know? Mm-hmm. So now that I'm older, I can be a little more direct. I can be a little more, you know, precise in who I want to help and how I want to help. And it's just made a difference in my life because, I mean, certain people appreciate and know that you know. He, the work is out there. Like the laborers are, what's it? The work is there, the laborers are few. Yes, yes. It's funny. I You had something else? Yeah, I mean, you know, we all like, okay. We can talk about, you know, our community, you know, as a black man, like, our communities need mentors, we need role models, you know what I'm saying? And then, even in society in general, we need to sell them. So, if you, if you, if you have a heart that you ever care, you got kids, you're going to leave your kids in this world one day, you know? So, you want to make it better for them also. If you don't have kids, at least for the nephews, I mean, it ain't about just, you know, you can't be about yourself, you know, it's got to be, you got to. And one day in this world, if your days are going to live, you're going to have people coming behind you. So it's about now, it's about legacy. It's about what we leave behind. You know, it's about creating as much value while we're here as we can. That's about, you know, the easiest way, you don't need no money, you give your time. If you ain't got money, give it time. Yeah. No excuse. You know, there's no excuse. Yeah, definitely. Um, and thanks for everybody who is throwing up the post. Uh, we are definitely watching you. We won't stop for everyone, but I do want to point out, uh, Nat Freedom, thank you very much. Uh, she says, I do agree that serving does open doors for opportunities, but most, but most will not be servant leaders. So true. Um, everybody plays a role, right? And then uh, I'm the only Miss Jackson said, building requires service. 
that's actually one that took me a while to figure out. I, I thought that building was one thing and service was another for quite a while. And it really kind of tore at me because I was like, I'm over here trying to build and you want me to serve. Why are you doing this to me? And I really had a, a, a pull about it. Um, until at some point, and I don't know when it exactly happened, I started thinking about it in a broader sense where I had been, I, st I started drawing during lunchtime at one of my jobs where I would just sit around and draw and people started saying, Hey, you know, you draw and this and that. And I'm like, yes, yes. Years later, I move on to another job. I get there and someone knows me through somebody else and says, Hey, I heard you knew this guy and that guy's like, yeah, yeah. We wish to work together and da, 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 da. So he starts talking. He's like, yeah, he said you were an artist. And I kind of like, Oh uh, yeah. You know, I drew and stuff. He's like, very cool, man. And we just started talking about art. I showed him my work, et cetera. And this is at a total programming job. Nobody there knows that I'm into art. Right. So we're having a discussion one day with the group of workers. And I said, hey, I'm going to this art show. We're going to do X, Y, and Z, da, 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 da. And I'm going to be helping put it on. And one guy, like, kind of like, just threw some shade. He was like, yeah, well, man, what do you know about art? And everybody was about to start laughing. Until the guy that I was talking with, who knew me from people I had helped during the right. lunchtime art sessions, this guy stands up and goes, hey, hey, he is, a, he is a bona fide artist and he's working in galleries. And I was like, oh, and that actually built up for me helping people and starting that whole little, you know, artist lunch table thing. The most random connection. But right. it actually set my course with this new group of people years later, and that blew my mind. And I didn't understand it then, and I'm still kind of piecing it together how it all happened. But the service and the building, one in the same now, and I'm starting to get it. All right. Well, kudos to you, man. You know, better late than never. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, it's a lot of work out there. A lot of people need, they need to see your art. You can be inspired, be motivated, nevertheless. I mean, everybody has a talent. You know, we all have a talent. The, the point is finding that talent and, you know, and leveraging it to help other people. That's the, that's the, that's the challenge. Right. Exactly. And um, now I do have most, mostly artists and uh, people making, you know, video games, uh, working on TV or whatever on here. But I wanted to expand the idea of creativity to other things. And... You know, that is why I have you on. Um, the things that we create require a certain amount of not caring what people think about you or going ahead, even though there may be um, negative or discouraging positions that come at you. When you're trying to create what do you do or how do you think through creating things that people might not like? Well, like first, as you know, I have a nonprofit, you know, Lift One. It's a father initiative. And initially, you know, when I was kind of desired, you know, it was like this nonprofit is going to bring up everything I'm embarrassed about without the father. You know, mm -hmm. everything, all the embarrassment, all the shame, all the things I, I, I left as a father, you know. I don't really want to talk about that and publicize it, you know, but it's like, I have to get out of my own head. You know, it's kind of like, I listen to positive, con I listen to positive content. You know, it's like, you are who you listen to. So I started listening to positive content. People who are builders in the field, like, you know, like, I'm sure, you know, like, better Chuck for instance, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, other, Gerald Stevens, people who, you know, are positive, you know, even like Steve Harvey, just people who, positively build others. I started listening to content. After a while, I said, you know what? This, you know, is more important than me, than myself. You know, it's kind of like this, this, once you make it your purpose, you really don't care about, you You care about helping people to, you know, what it's going to do to your image or how you're going to feel. So I would encourage anybody, you know, get around people who are builders. If you don't have friends like that, you know, like listen to content, of getting that space to people who create and build because there's an infectious. And once you once a light bulb comes on, and you really don't care anymore about, you know, you, you, your purpose becomes, becomes what drives you. You don't really care what people say or how it's going to look. So, you know, 
in it's a point now where, you know, Remington talking about things and I struggle with is a bigger part of my, you know, content than our profit. You know, I, yeah. the, sto- drives the, the, the story drives the purpose, you know? Totally. No, I, 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 I get that. And so when you're, when you started Lift One, um, or you began building Lift One, what, uh, you know, you have to, you had to come to grips with, you know, what you, you said you had to come to grips with what you were going to put out there and you had to be honest with yourself. Did, did that, did that, I'm trying to get up if that, like, I don't want to say hindered because that's not the right word, but. It did. Okay. Because for like, because initially I had this great concept, this great idea, you know, and people always like, well, no, I probably, they have those, you know, like, I mean, you get so many obstacles of people telling you what not to do or it's already done. But one thing somebody told me is that, you know, and I've had people like take my idea and roll with it. If it's your idea, it doesn't matter who steals it or who copies it. It's like they can't do it like you. You know, so once I had a, a, a couple times with somebody, I would tell them my idea. And this thing I would go to me, I'm like, I had to give any games, you know, but, but the point is, yeah. if it's your idea, it doesn't matter who steals the concept. You know what I'm saying? Like, they may even complicate it. But if it's your passion and your idea, it won't, you're going to win. It's, it won't be as quality as, as good as yours. So I had people telling me, like, you know, it's another nonprofit, and they got enough of those. And, you know, y'all, 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 it's nobody's going to help fathers and fathers of deadbeats. And, you know, just, I mean, I heard the gather of things. And there's no funding. And, you know, it's not a good passion. I heard it all, you know. And I just, I just. I stuck to it. I said, you know what? This is my this is my story. You know, this is what I've been through. There's no way God put me through all these experiences not to share them to help anybody else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could have I could have like done things a lot differently. He put me through it, you know, and get me through it successfully, not to show not to share the blueprint. You know, so what I've seen in a bigger picture, like you're it's not about you. It's like it's your story, but it's not about you. It's who you're going to help. Who who needs to see you? You know, like, I don't, people motivate me every day. Yeah. You know, the story that I read, I mean, I'm on social media, I'm taking in content, you know? I'm watching TV, I'm taking in content. I'm going to do every day, so if I'm around with it, you, sometimes you're motivating, sometimes you're the motivator, you know? So it's like, whenever it's your time, like I said, to motivate, then you motivate. When it's your time to be motivated, we'll be motivated. So I just took it as a grain of salt. It's my time of the back. I want to hit it all lot, you know, and hopefully knocking as many people as I can. That's how I see it. That's right. So did, tell us how FAMU and in, in particular, you know, uh, historically black college, how did that play into your attitude if you think it did at all? Well, I'll be honest with you, but I first saw, um, my first choice was Morale. After I saw a school there, I was in Morale, so. But I was at not proper. I found different schools. You know, I got it. I, I got accepted to family too. I love story short. I had an ex girlfriend who asked me to come here because she was here in law school. So okay, that from you. And uh, once I got here, you know, I mean, I went to a black high school, but it was not known for you know. It was, it was kind of like you know the the football school, the sports school. Yeah, we had a good academic, but it wasn't like we had like. That wasn't the normal we're known for, like Dilla High School, you know, it's different now, but so coming to LMU, you know, and being here during that time, Dr. Humphreys, and you know, like when I got here, I didn't know what to expect, you know, I mean, I, I came from the, I left the Persian Gulf in March. Yeah. Started service groups. I left the uh, mostly white establishment to a eight weeks in with three months, you know what I mean? So it was a culture shock. That's wild. But um, once I got around from South Florida, I started, you know, getting around my people. I just naturally, you know, got ingrained into the, you know, into the culture, got ingrained into the environment. And I started, you know, seeing people do things I wanted to do. You know, like my, my first year here at FAMU, my roommate was Ben Crop, the lawyer. So, you know, I had people who were already here doing things to kind of show me, okay, this is how we do it. So when I got here at school, I just sort of, you know, said, okay, I've been in the military. I belong. You know, I'm, I felt I made a good decision. And seeing so many people popularly, you know, like instructors, career center, you know, getting internship, 
just doing things on that level, it made me have, I had the confidence I could be successful anywhere. You know, I totally get that, man. We, um, when I was, uh, and the reason I asked, because there's a certain, there's a certain vibe when you've, when you've been around the soil, you know, you, uh, talk to black people, you, uh, grew up around them, or you went to a historically black college. And I, I don't want to, uh, you're talking about mentorship that happens in a lot of ways through the black community. Out here in California, I was talking to some some knuckleheads, and you know they were young, out of control, and doing doing dirt basically. And this, I wasn't mentoring them on an official basis, but I would run into them every so often. And what was funny was, you know, one kid was like, "Man, who are you talking all this?" Da da da. And once again, another kid stopped me and was like, "Hey, Benjamin, a real nigga, you know, he know from." And I was like. You know what? <laughs> These kids haven't been around like um, that positive experience. So a lot of them don't know what to do with it. And looking back at places like FAMU, uh, just my, you know, my high school, I went to FAMU High, by the way. Um, yeah. It makes such a difference now. And um, just now getting back to realizing that, you know, where, where this, where this or some of this strength comes from and where we can get it from. So now that we're online, you know, you know, now I'm looking for places to, you know, at least jump in. I, I jumped in some Facebook groups and I'm like, Hey, keep doing your thing, write your book, uh, you know, show out, do what you need to do. So it's all still a growing kind of thing. And, um, and I definitely, as I got to repeat, man, I've, Definitely appreciate everything that you've done. Um, you know, just going through your Facebook post and seeing how you, your Instagram posts as well, seeing how you've uh, added to people's lives just by your doing what you do is impressive. I, pre- I mean, I think you, like I said, I mean, you're on the right track, man. I think, you know, you're, you're growing your brand, growing your podcast, and has a lot of value. So just keep doing what you're doing. I mean, I think you're on the right track, definitely. Yeah. So, You've uh, have you always been into physical activities? Because there's a stigma of the stereotype around computer guys that they're small, gangly, and uh, don't work out. But you, I see you swimming, hunting, playing golf. Where did this come from? Well, it's funny, you know, when I was uh, when I was a kid, believe it or not, I was like the the, the chubby kid in class, you know. So I was called as like I was the big. I played literally football with kids older than me because I couldn't make grades my age. So, you know, when I was in middle school, I played like, I was always like a line, defensive line, offensive line. So, mm-hmm. I was throwing a ball for high school. I wanted to play quarterback. So, I just started working out. I went and got some weights, started working out. And I ended up, you know, losing the body fat. And, you know, I became, it just showed me what, how you can change and transform yourself by putting a little work in. So when I joined the military, that's all. Hold on, back up, back up. He's, oh, oh, you're just sitting around, and all of a sudden you said you saw a quarterback and was like, "I want that guy's job. I'm that guy." I mean, you know, when you play with your buddies, I can already throw the ball with further. <laughs> I always do it the hardest. I just was chubby, you know. Yeah. So we play outside. I'm always the one to pick the big quarterback. You know what I'm saying? But when I go play with the school or with the wing, I won't know how to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, you know, like, oh, we're throwing the ball in a really good, you know what I mean? So I started, um, I got some weights, started taking a little protein powder and stuff and training, taking it with up in the summer school. And over like 10th grade year, I lost like 20 pounds of like fat, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. There's a muscle. That showed me the, the time out, the effort it required to kind of change yourself. So the military was like, okay, hiker speed, you know, we're going to make you a machine, you know what I mean? So that yeah. was just, they push you, but you know, when you're being a soldier, you know, it's necessary. So between high school, football, and the military, it just taught me, like, you know, healthy body also enables the mind. I mean, when you're feeling down, go out and take a walk and get some sunshine. You'll feel better. Bring that oxygen in, you know, like that sunshine, that vitamin D. Like, it just, on a small scale, those things make a big difference to your mental. So the military teaches you, like, you, you run every day. Because it gives you endurance, 
It helps you ease your mind, helps you de-stress, you know. So those things that put us there still in you from day one, you know, like in the military, you're gonna run. Because yep. it builds fortitude, endurance, can also help you when you're out in the middle of the desert, you can't, you can't, that's that's something to keep you focused, you know. Physical training is necessary. Um and so it became a part of my lifestyle. Like for me, you know, my parents, and of course my parents died early, so you know. I want to change the narrative for my children. Like, you know, the bells don't die early. We just had some situations where my mom, my dad died early, my mom died at 49. I'm like, you know, I'm going to make sure my kids know our bloodline, you know, is is not, you know, cursed, so to speak. So, I mean, you know, a part of my lifestyle. But I also, I feel feel good, you know what I mean? you know, people think, okay, aesthetics, you know, if you look better, that's thing we're fine too. But the bottom line is that we want to be here and we want to be effective and we want to have a good time. And that's what it all boils down to. Like how you're gonna you're gonna be older a lot longer than you're gonna be younger. Definitely. So you know, you're talking about uh curses and uh generational curses. Um, and maybe this was part of what I was getting at with the FAMU uh black college thing. How do you get people to give themselves permission to do something you know what i mean like in your head you've got a block or maybe say ah, i can't do that or hmm, i'll leave that for somebody else whatever series of decisions lead somebody away for some from something what do you use to get people to give themselves permission to go ahead and do it well one thing i learned i learned this and i mean it's funny i tell her i learned this from my own children because those are my, my test kids you know you gotta meet people where they're at you know, everybody's not going to take the message up here. Some people are going to take the message down here. The bottom line is, you know, you got to be flexible, meet them where they are, and then engage them there. That's where they're more comfortable. You can't always bring them up here, you know, or, or right here. If you have a purpose you want them to, be, to, to act on, you got to meet them where they are and engage them there and then build that trust. You know, so everybody, I mean, you'd be surprised with a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of time. I mean, like even Rachel, we some kids that are really hard and, you know, they come in and they're looking like they're upset and angry. You know, once you engage them and start talking to them at their level, not like at your level, just meet them where they're at, you know, establish a relationship with them. You'd be surprised, you know, like I had a, I had a kid I was mentoring and I would go to the classroom and he'd be tearing that classroom up. And I'm like, this kid be with my mentee, my mentee, you know, like he would be really cursing and tearing the class up, you know, and then, like my was after like a year of mentoring him, you know, it was time for the year. Then he said, uh, Mr. Bell, are you going to mentor me next year? I mean, but so we had, you know, he would behave better and we even had better communication. He wanted me to come back again, but I couldn't. But I met him where he was at. And he was about a fourth grader, problems at home. I didn't try to come in there like, I'm going to fix you. Like, no, like I had to come down this low and meet him where he's at and, and dialogue with him. So it's kind of like anybody, you know, people just want to be respected and talk to a certain kind of way. You know, you can't talk down to them. You can't, um, you know, people don't want to always be pity. You got to meet them with them, you know, and you got to engage them there. That's that's the challenge for the person, the, men, the mentor, the mentor. You know, like, is do you have it in you, you know? Right. Well, when you're, and come down to where they are. They might not talk that language. They might not, they might be a little good. They might be a little, you know, dysfunctional. Like, you got to realize, can you meet them where they are? Totally. And, um, one one part of doing that is learning how to communicate to people. And I know you've always been about, you know, getting a message across, uh, public speaking. If you if you don't know, I'm gonna tell you now, John Mile got me into stand-up comedy. Are you serious? Yes, John Mile got me into doing stand-up comedy. And you know, people said, you know, hey talking in front of people is the most horrifying thing and everybody's scared of that. I heard John Miles in the comedy and I was like, and that, that gave, I, that was my quarterback experience. I was like, what? That guy is being the stand-up comedian. I know I could do it. Just peer competition, right? But I started using stand-up comedy as my way to get out there, talk more appropriately, get into speaking. Um, I've had brushes with Toastmasters. I didn't do it as much as you did. But what is um, what is speaking and the ability to communicate? What is that 
to what do we need to learn? Uh, how, you know, it is how important is it? Well, like for me, right, you know, I've always felt, I, I, I've always liked public speaking, you know. I wasn't always great at it. I mean, I, I always found myself, you know, in a position where I would have to speak. So when I got the nonprofit, I'm like, you know, I'm going to be, you know, like, for whatever it's worth, you know, here I am, this guy who, you know, you know, has been working in a career, you know, I talk a certain way, I, I care myself a certain way, you know, and that's not always going to, you know, go over to everybody. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, he out of touch or he, you know, he ain't cool on us. I mean, so talk, communication, basically, I think it's the gateway to getting anything done, you know? So for me, like Toastmasters was a way for me, you know what? I want to know how to talk to the person that, you know, that is poor and white, just as well as the person that's poor and black. Or the person that's wealthy and the, the Mexican, person who's Indian and wealthy and Indian. You know what I mean? I wanted to be able to talk to any race, any creed, any, any, any type person and be able to communicate my ideas and my thoughts the same way. You know, so they know mm -hmm. they were. Because, you know, some people can talk to only their kind or their type, you know, or their nationality. They can't, you know, but, but that's not being a good communicator. So even with your children, like, right, even my children taught me how to communicate better. You know, I used to tell them what they were going to do. You know, after, you know, and that's fine, but, you know, you create people to have their own ideas and their own opinion. You got to listen to them. You know, like, the, the biggest part about speaking is listening. Like, that's the one thing I learned in Toastmasters. The, the biggest part about communication is listening. You can get speeches all day. If you're not listening to what people are saying, the feedback, the, you know, the, 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 not even so much negative feedback, just the commentary, how to be a better speaker, how to get your point across better. If you're not listening and having an open ear to, to, to constructive criticism, you're never going to be a good communicator. You might be a good, be a good speaker, but that doesn't mean you're going to be a good communicator. You know, it's two different things. So communication is the, the gateway to get anything done. And when somebody's a good communicator, they resonate across racial, across class, across culture, across any, you know, hindrance. So me being a good communicator is all about me learning how to talk to somebody where they, where they are, you know, no matter what their class is, no matter what their views are, and being able to get my point across to them or get my idea across so we could then begin, you know, build on whatever the issue is. Definitely, definitely. I think that's, um, I think that's especially important today in this time where, you know, we're not as, a lot of our connection that you referred to earlier comes through these types of platforms. I know a lot of people have found, you know, me on here talking noise on IG. Uh, I used to do this on Facebook, Twitter, et cetera just building in those skills to communicate honestly, effectively, clearly, it's really important. And I'm glad that you're, you're doing what you're doing with it. Um, so I know we are, we're about an hour in, is there, is there anything that think of like around this pandemic time around 2021, uh, that you want to make sure that, you know, people are uh, understanding, um, that they're doing or not forgetting, um, or just how to keep their head high. Any, any words on that? I mean, me personally, I mean, I feel like, you know, the pandemic is here. It's not the first pandemic, won't be the last pandemic. I just feel like we have allowed fear to kind of control us, you know, like as a nation, as a country, we kind of live, you know, like everybody's afraid of everybody. You know, everybody's afraid of everything. It's kind of like, you can still be smart still be safe and still be productive and still be effective, you know? So I try to lead by example, like, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm doing things the right way. I've been, I mean, I've been vaccinated. I mean, I, I mask up when I go out. I, I'm not, I, I, I try to be distant, but the point is I'm still going to try to live my best life. Cause I feel like, you know, you can't, you can't run high from this stuff, but you know, you, you shouldn't try to, um, you shouldn't try to control somebody else's narrative, you know, like, What's good for me may not be good for somebody else, but you can do what's best for you and live your best life. I think if everybody focused on themselves, quit judging everybody else, we'd be a lot better off. So, I, I, you know, it's, it's tough for me. Uh, it's tough to wake up and be bitter every day. I mean, that's hard, man. I mean, 
you know, God waking up in the morning, the sun is up, he got oxygen. I couldn't imagine waking up being pissed off and angry. So my point is that people go out of their way a lot of times to be, to be, to have that attitude. So, you know, like they say, it's, it's more muscles to follow than it is to smile. I think that's the same type of energy. I'm sure it takes a lot more energy to be pissed off than it is to be pleasant. So I, I, I focus on, you know, being, uh, being positive, not just for myself, but just so that I'm hoping somebody's to be inspired by me because somebody inspired me one day, you know? So I, I, I'm for the notion where you pretty much, you know, each one, teach one, you know, you touch somebody and hope they touch somebody else and I pay, I pay it forward. I help somebody else because, you know, oh, we just, when you have a chance to pay it forward, then you pay it forward, you know? So I think, you know, small groups are always made the biggest changes in the world. Yeah, yeah. Small the biggest changes. That's awesome. And um, I definitely want, speaking of small groups, I want to shout out to all the people coming in to to back you up on this one, Derek. You got a, got a nice little crew in here. I don't know if you can see the comments on your end, but uh, they appreciate you. That's good. So, so, so what's closing out, like, um, what's next for you? You said you're going into, uh, you know, a, a 15 hospital kind of administrative role. Um, moving out to clear water, making new connections. What's the future looking like? Well, I mean, for me, it's just, you know, I'm like I said, I wake up and I'm excited every day. You know what I mean? I'm, every day to me is like the glass is half full. I, I try to tell myself after the pandemic, if you made it through the pandemic, you know, and you still have, you know, basically same mind and same body and, I mean, healthy, you know, if, you, if you're adequately able to get around and do what you got to do, there's no reason you should not be happy to be here and be, and be motivated to kind of make things better. I mean, a lot of folks didn't make it. A lot of folks didn't make it, you know, so you were in that number. So I think you kind of, unless you just really got your head stuck in the sand, appreciate life. You know what I mean? It's, 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 each day it gets shorter and shorter and that slippery slope it gets slippery and slippery. So I feel like, you know, if you're here, you're here for a reason, man. You just got to find what that reason is. And once you find out that reason, I think the floodgates of opportunity just opens up for me. Like for me, you know, I, I just go around and try to keep more, you know, providing value, providing value, providing service, you know, and so opportunities come to me, whether it be career, whether it be organization. So opportunities come to me because I think, because of energy I put out, you know, and, and, and the things I do. So I think that, you know, you, it's easier to kind of like, you know, sit back and criticize, but it's harder to kind of step out there and, and make things happen. But, you know, once you get enough, once you get in that, 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 that community or that service of people who, you know, do help other people or inspire, it's just infections, you know, straight up. I, I encourage anybody, you know, if you don't have it in you, get connected. You know, get connected. Excellent. Excellent. Um, well, one question here uh, for you to feel real quick from Natalie Freeman, Nat Freedom Eds. Y'all sure to check her out too. Derek, you referred to yourself, uh, your former position as a big fish in a little pond. What can you tell others about embracing their bigness? Well, I mean, I decided, you know, not to be defined by anyone else. And I also decided, you know, like, I would start taking some chances. I mean, you have to take a life well lived as a life that, you know, has some adventure in it, you know, and, you know, we, we, you know, we take all the adventure everywhere else except, you know, when it's uh, most beneficial to us, you know. So it's kind of funny, like, even though me stepping out, you know, and trying a different opportunity, I've got a bunch of emails people saying, man, you know what I mean? And we do the same to, you know, to kind of like look around and just make sure that I'm doing what I need to be doing, you know. So, you know, just hearing people saying, you know, me getting over my fear of leaving somewhere I'm comfortable and where I'm, you know, where I've been at for a while and where I know everything, going somewhere where I'm the new guy and I kind of have to figure out how to make, you know, build this to where I wanted to be the best vehicle for myself, you know. That took a lot of, um, you know, it took a lot, but you know what? I told myself I was going to start saying yes to opportunity. You know, like, stop saying no. Stop stop having a no attitude. Have a yes attitude. Try something new. I mean, I'm from South Florida. We don't carry guns around South Florida. <laughs> Other than for war, I'm up here going. I'm love. I'm honey. You know what I'm saying? Here we go, honey. You know, so I'm just trying things and doing other things because I want to have a life at the end of it where I can look back and say, you know what, 
I, I did it. I, I did. I, I shot my shot. I didn't sit around on the side where I was, you know, where everybody else enjoy life. You know. Yeah. I was uh to that point. I was listening to Tim Ferriss, another guy you probably know, and he was speaking about how in most situations, most every situation, everyone looks at what the ninety-five to a hundred percent that percentile, what they do. You know, it's like. Oh, you're looking at the Bill Gates. Oh, you're looking at the Elon Musk. And they, they see it as so far off. Or this guy who just had been programming since he was a baby. And they, that's what they're looking at. But his thing was that most people jump in. And most people are afraid to jump in. But they can go from 0% where they're just totally not even a player. They've never touched a computer or, ne- or whatever the field is. They can go from 0% to about 20 to 30% just based on walking in, trying something, um, you know, buying the product, buying the book, or, you know, just trying to get in somehow. You can get yourself 20 to 30% of the way there with almost no practice and just kind of goofing around. You can get into the 50, 60% if you, you know, if you're just kind of goofing around. Now, the rest, the rest of it actually takes work, but but he was saying that, yeah, most people won't, you know, be a professional, be a professional driver. It's like, oh, I don't know anything about that. Well, you got a driver's license, right? What exactly. You, once you type into the website how to be a professional driver, trust me, you're 20% there. You're just, you already know how to drive, you know, got your facilities. You're basically already in the game. Just have to get in there and give yourself that permission. So I think he called it like um. I forgot the name of the rule he gave it, but yeah, it was just like this, the 20% rule or something or 21 day rule. It's like, just embrace it for 20, 20 days or something like that. You're there. You're already there. I know I was listening to, um, you know, Rick Ross, you know, he's got a book out. He said something that struck me. He said, no, you're only one decision, one promotion. I mean, you one decision, one promotion, one, one product away from a whole different life. I mean, it's just that certain, like, like everybody started from somewhere. You know, like, you know, they're no better than you. They just did. They built that thing. You know what I'm saying? So I tell my kids now, like, take chances while you're done. Try different stuff. I mean, that's what it's all about. It's not about just being comfortable. You know, like, what they say, you know, comfort, you know, the end of success. I mean, I'm being honest. But I feel like, you know, a lot of times, you know, we give ourselves a ceiling instead of, you know, society. Yeah. When does the grind become unhealthy? Or does it? Well, if you're doing something you're passionate about, it's in your purpose, I mean, you can do it till you the ball the wheels fall off. I mean, if you're doing something that's it's your, it's your God-given purpose and your God-given talent, there's, there's no there's no silly to that. You know, you can do it forever. Because you you don't even you can do it for free. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean <laughs> I, I'm working my last day on the earth. I'm not, I mean at least my, myself, but I love work. I love being involved. I love being in the process. I mean, I like, I love, I mean, I like vacation too, but I love, I love being effective, making things happen, you know? So I don't plan on retiring ever. Definitely. Um, for everybody, for everybody listening, I joined the, the CIS club back at Florida a and University, Computer Information Systems Club. I was like, this is it. I've made it. I'm in the club now with an official title. Derek and everybody else was like, all right, uh, help us out with some flyers, help us out with this and that. I was like, boom, I'm in there. I got you. I want to help. Um, so speaking to somebody who's always mentored, this has been Derek Bell, one of my earliest mentors, great friend. Um, we don't connect as much online as we should, but we're here now. And uh, for those listening, I'm also going to have this available on my podcast, uh, Mr. Benja's ADD Experiment. That's our design and development. Um, you can search for it on the podcast streams or find it on mrbinja.com. But Derek, I just want to let you know this has been a great little talk. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else you want to leave people with or are you good? Uh, you made great flyers too, by the way. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, hey, I enjoyed it, man. Thanks for having me. You know, like I said, I'm going to Anytime you like, you know, I'm, I'm here, man. Anytime, positive content, positive communication, hit me up. I'm always here. Absolutely, my man. 
Florida Kingdom Brand too, man. So good luck with that. Oh, thank you very much. Definitely. I'll keep on hustling, keep on doing it, and I'll definitely keep you in the loop. So if there's ever anything you ever want to talk about in particular, um, or that you want to get out in some way, I'll be willing to moderate, make more flyers, talk, talk through it, whatever. Public yeah. or in private, doesn't matter. Appreciate it. All right, man. So that's been us for Mr. Fitz's ADD Experience Live. This is another one with uh, Derek Bell once again. Be sure to look out for it on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, Google, wherever you get your podcast. You should be getting on podcast and YouTube, but it'll be a little while. All right. Perfect. Thanks very much, Derek. Talk to you later. All right. Be blessed. Peace. Hey, thanks for joining me on this podcast. You all make everything I do possible, and I really do appreciate it. So even if you've got me on social, please visit MrBinja.com and see what's happening and how deep the rabbit hole goes. All right, I'll see you next time. Peace.